This is Mark Mullinax, and I welcome you back to Power for the Peaceful, a podcast and class on Taoism. Today, verse 21, this I know. When you listen to the ground and you put your roots down, you can hear what she says if you're listening. When you listen to the ground and you put your roots down, you can hear what she says if you're listening. Sweet sound of the river as she moves over the stones. The same song that the blood in your body sings as it weaves around your bones. When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? You are the only you that has ever lived. Your idiom is the only idiom of its kind in all the existences. And if you cannot hear the sound of the genuine in you, you will all of your life spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. Reverend Howard Thurman. Welcome back to our class. Today's reader and question asker is Dale Roberts, a teacher, writer, musician, and a good friend from Asheville. Dale is the person to whom I turned when I was finishing up my translation of Tao Te Ching to help with editing. He made over 450 great suggestions, and I feel a great debt to him. He helped get my manuscript over the finish line and into book form. Let's go. Let's begin with several deep cleansing breaths. In this podcast, I have been hard on society, culture, and herd think. I don't think the unself-critical and fabricated worlds of culture with its artificial concepts of time, self-worth, and what's really important are ever trustworthy. I see society as just one huge AI-like propaganda machine. Propaganda that hasn't the tools, nor the motivation, nor even the imagination to interrogate itself. Instead, we each must come to what we feel is an honest and integrity-laden life. To come to terms with who we are, I always urge critical thinking to guide our ways through the true and false voices, or the honest and the really dishonest choices that are, I'm sorry to say, still out there. That I happen to think we're all good, Golden and peaceful from the get-go does not make my ideas cultish or for sale or better than anyone else's. I just have this growing faith, especially through this podcast, that we are made for so much more than what some influencers or pastors or solution peddlers would have us think. But even that idea needs your critical thinking. Don't believe or disbelieve just because of your latest read or podcast. Trust yourself. That's a process that takes years. So in this podcast, I'm not trying to start a temple or church. I'm not interested in your money. I don't care who you vote for. I'm not trying to make a name for myself. I only want this podcast to become a trusted weekly companion for you. So try it on. Reject it if your experiences lead you to do so, or embrace it if you must. As the German writer Goethe said, trust yourself, then you'll know how to live. But this trust is not some willy-nilly product that you can buy. 
Trust is earned. And before you can trust anyone else, one must have a good track record of trust, first and foremost with oneself. Practice self-trust. And not overnight, but as you live, you'll grow into self-trust, which will become your best asset. Because to practice Taoism is like practicing marriage. In this relationship with Tao or a partner, you learn about your truest self and how to practice better the ways that trust grows within oneself. Then you may trust others and they you. I trust relationships to bring out the inevitable truths with which we live. And I believe to my core that the universe is not some evil place, not out to get us. There is no dark side of Tao, especially not as Star Wars has described the dark side of the Force. Absolutely not. The processes of Tao are self-so spontaneous, natural, in Chinese, ziran. Trust is also one of those kind of spontaneous, natural processes. I'm not here to sell trust, but to encourage us to find that trust is a muscle within us, and I'm urging us to exercise the hell out of it. In today's verse, verse 21, we can recognize lots of reprises and themes in Tao Te Ching. These themes are like runners on an 81-lap race, and they take turns in showing up in different orders around each lap, different formations. Sometimes one theme, like Wu Wei, is prevalent and relies on other themes to provide support, like emptiness, non-competition, and silence. Today, the original theme from verse 1, the inscrutable nature of Tao, is making its strong reappearance. And today, verse 21 will show us how to know this inscrutable Tao. Here's verse 21. How I know. Following Tao brings out one's natural capacity for highest virtue. What is this Tao? It is entirely non-conceptual. Its essential nature is known only by its latent forms and elusive feel. How very hidden and obscure is its essence and core. Yet within this latency lies its core life force. Since ancient times until today, Tao's effects have never been absent. We bear witness to how Tao causes and charges all things. How do I know this? Intuition. Tao is always leaving a quiet tracing of its ways. Verse 21. Now, in the September 2018 issue of the Atlantic Monthly, its editors reported out results of, quote, the big question, unquote, they had asked a couple of months earlier on Twitter. They asked, what book or article would you make required reading for everyone on earth? Tao Te Ching was the fourth most popular text of responses, after Fahrenheit 451, Silent Spring, and the Brothers Karamazov. Note that Tao Te Ching was first among all the world's spiritual texts. So why do so many people feel that Tao Te Ching should be so highly valued and read? I think it is because Tao is not explained or explainable. Tao is mysterious, works darkly in darkness, is not located by words, and seems to evaporate in deeds. Yet, so many feel Tao as a companion, not an invisible friend, but a quiet assurance that in the noise and and shiny attractiveness of life's things, there is something else, 
something hidden, like a lover one rarely mentions, but who makes all the difference to you. Tao has no form. Only when it changes into virtue does it have an expression. Hence, virtue is Tao's visual aspect. Tao neither exists nor does not exist. Hence, we say it waxes and wanes, while it remains in the dark unseen. Su Che. The key here is, I think, in the first line of our verse 21 today. Following Tao brings out one's natural capacity for highest virtue. Focus with me then a moment on virtue. In recent episodes, we have seen Lao Tzu's emphasis on seeking nothing but the highest value or integrity, something he identifies here as de, T-E, or D-E, or in other words, virtue, as in capital V, virtue. Te is the unsung hero in Tao Te Ching. Tao Te Ching actually means the classic scripture about virtue's way, or the way of virtue. So, what is this virtue? The Chinese character for Te is translated most often as virtue, integrity, heart or character, even moral power. And I've put that character in the show notes for you. The Chinese character Te, top right sector, means straight or flawless, and it rests on top of the heart-mind character. Te's character root or radical on the left means to walk forward. So Te suggests proceeding with a straight heart-mind or flawless action proceeding from one's psychic center. When integrated with Tao, Te turns Tao's blueprints into deeds and Tao's wombs into fulfillment. Tao and Te interact and naturally integrate. But for now, consider Te as the peephole into Tao's inner workings. Te is not Tao, to be clear, but to act with highest virtue is to understand Tao in close, intimate, and intuitive ways. Te is how you know Tao. I repeat, Te is how you know Tao. Te is the most basic quality, the most fundamental basis of character that enables anything to be what it is and do what is meant to be doing. There's no sense of Tao without Te. So Te is the key. And not just the key, the keyhole as well. Te is how any knowledge of Tao gets through. It's indirect as hell, but virtue is the psychic space by which one actually knows of and knows Tao. When you act with highest virtue, you choose your verb, sense, know, or intuit Tao. Thus, this verse's fourth line. Its, or Tao's, essential nature is known only by its latent forms and elusive feel. Later, in verse 51, we have this amplification of Tao and Dea's inner relationship. And here's part of that verse. While the Tao, or Wei, mothers all life forms, Te, or virtue, stewards them, gives them their respective forms, and coordinates with their environment to bring them to wholeness. Therefore, all things honor Tao and treasure virtue, or De. Honoring Tao and treasuring De are spontaneous responses, not duties. So to repeat, Tao is every life form's parent, and virtue, or Te, nurtures all, bringing them up, 
educating, sheltering, supporting, guarding, and enabling all to flourish. Virtue never tires of nurturing. So Tao sets the conditions where all this happens, but never meddles by owning, expecting gratitude, or colonizing dependency. It just promotes without a show. This is the profound expression of De, virtue. Now I'm giving us lots of space for this Te. De is the unsung hero to demonstrate soundless, motionless Tao. Virtue is Tao's signal that is hoofing about nearby. But virtue is character. Character that is practice. Practice virtue is the practice of following Tao. This practicing is the absolute highest path, and this following is the absolute highest calling for anything or anyone. And that should be said, and this should be understood, and it must be reckoned with. When living out de or virtue, then the lines of this verse make more sense. For to live out de, only then can one intuit how Tao is entirely non-conceptual, and how Tao's essential nature is known only by its latent forms and elusive feel. Then you can realize how very hidden and obscure is Tao's essence and core, yet within this latency lies its core life force. So Lao Tzu then makes this faith claim. Since ancient times until today, Tao's effects have never been absent. We, that is virtue's bearers, bear witness to how Tao causes and charges all things. But right from the start, you've got the key and the keyhole of Te, highest, absolutely pristine virtue, living with integrity with the way, the Tao, that things actually are. The greatest virtue is to follow the Tao and to forget oneself. The Tao is eternal, and oneself is mortal. By forgetting oneself and serving others, one can achieve enlightenment. Chong Tzu. So the only question now is how does one practice this uncompromising virtue? I'm not talking about morality or integrity or moral scruples per se. It's something else. This virtue, though, is the practice of a lifetime. Here I have seven suggestions. Choose one for your homework. One, cultivate self-awareness. When we touch one thing with deep awareness, we touch everything. Thich Nhat Hanh. Begin by cultivating self-awareness by ever examining your thoughts, emotions, and actions. Reflect on the behaviors that your thoughts inspire and appreciate the underlying motivations and intentions behind them. This is just basic sobriety, folks. Clear thinking without interference from the narcotics of culture or the narcotics of substance. If life is experience, then anyone who would diminish my awareness is a murderer. And when I blot out my experience, I commit partial suicide. Sidney Girard. Two, embrace simplicity and humility. Tao emphasizes simplicity and humility as essential to virtue. Simplify your life by letting go of unnecessary desires and attachments. Downsize not just your things, 
but also your emotions or reactions and even expectations. Embrace humility by acknowledging that you are a part of and wholly dependent upon a larger whole to which all things are interconnected. Pursuing knowledge, your routine is multiplication. Pursuing Tao, it is subtraction. Prune, lose, diminish. Keep subtracting until there is no doer, no pursuing. Verse 48, Tao Te Ching. 3. Follow the natural flow. Tao is the natural flow of the universe. To practice Te, become the consummate observer of how this flow operates. In people, plants, animals, water, situations, observe and then adapt to these natural rhythms and cycles of life. Adapt does not mean forcing or resisting. It means aligning with. How can one's life keep its course if one will not let it flow? Those who flow as life flows know they need no other force. They feel no wear, they feel no tear. They need no mending, no repair. The Way of Life According to Lao Tzu by Witter Brenner. 4. Practice Non-Action or Wu Wei. Wu Wei is the principle of egoless action. Act in harmony with Tao and never in competition with anything. Practice letting go of control and allowing things you have no business in anyway to unfold naturally. Trust in the spontaneous wisdom of the Tao. There is always a right time and right place to do absolutely nothing. Tao does not use action to accomplish. It is the ground of action itself. Nothing is halfway accomplished. Verse 37, Tao Te Ching. 5. Cultivate compassion and kindness. Compassion and kindness are essential virtues in Taoism. Cultivate a compassionate attitude towards all living things, even yellow jackets, and practice acts of kindness and generosity, even with mosquitoes. Treat all the 10,000 things with the dignity of diplomatic relations, with respect, empathy, and seek to alleviate suffering however it appears. Superior compassion expects no results, while common righteousness acts only with results in mind. Verse 38, Tao Te Ching. 6. Practice mindfulness and presence. Be fully present in the current moment and cultivate mindfulness in your daily life. By being mindful, one can develop a deep appreciation for the present moment and engage with each experience fully. The scattered self cannot find or intuit Tao. So mindful presence is the miracle ritual by which we restory or restore ourselves and then regulate our true selves, removing the false destorying or destroying narratives that have kidnapped our attention. Only mindful needs, not mindless desires, guide the sage. Focused thus, one knows exactly when to let go and when to hold on. Verse 12, Tao Te Ching. 
Finally, number seven, seek balance and harmony. Taoism emphasizes the importance of balance and harmony. As verse 46 puts it, Balance, to know when enough's enough is enough. Strive to find balance in all aspects of your life. Include work, relationships, and personal well-being. Cultivate harmony within yourself and in your interactions with others and the natural world. The fruit of practicing one through six gives one impressive balance and basic harmony. So your homework is to take a vow of virtue. Choose one of the seven practices of virtue and just go deeper. Thank you. Practicing te is a lifelong journey. It requires constant self-reflection, self-improvement, and the integration of Taoist principles into your daily life. In short, virtue. Virtue is not a one-and-done event, but an ever-recurring mindset and ritual. By cultivating virtuous qualities, you align yourself with the de, or highest virtue, and experience that rewarding sense that one is actually following Tao. Tao, virtue, balance, harmony, compassion, kindness, wu-wei, flow, humility, awareness. These are not something that we put on like clothes. We already wear them. We don't manufacture them. We just join them, for they are already all around us. These practices of joining will convince you, I believe, of Tao's reality. I'll end with an advanced view of verse 38. The words there seem to be a fitting benediction to this episode. It reads like this. Highest virtue is alive only when unselfconscious. It is dead when it becomes expedient and profitable, a reward or merely a means to an end. Superior virtue is alive when it seems inactive. It works in the background, leaving nothing undone. It is dead and mindless activity that leaves behind a slapdash job. Superior virtue is alive when it has no motive. It is dead when infected with ulterior designs and schemes. Superior compassion expects no results, while common righteousness acts only with results in mind. Here's my question, Mark. It's likely that most folks listening to this podcast were reared and educated in a Western European culture in which Plato and Aristotle are the best-known philosophers. Might it be useful to talk about the relationships between following the Tao and the Greek idea of arete, that is, virtue, excellence, following one's nature, seeking to live the flourishing life? And while you're at it, Mark, in Asia, dharma is one's sacred duty. Are Dharma and the Greek idea of arete similar? Thank you, Dale. This is an intriguing and comprehensive question. I think the short answer is an emphatic yes. De or virtue, Dharma or duty, and arete or excellence are the obligations of Taoism, Buddhist and Hindu traditions, and Greek thought, respectively. These are obligations, I imagine, that Plato, Aristotle, and Buddhism, Hinduism, and Taoist practitioners would be most keen to practice. None of these traditions teach being sloppy 
or settling for less in one's priorities. And all three traditions you mentioned suggest their practices are one's highest obligations. One cannot go wrong in practicing arete or excellence. One cannot go wrong in the practice of virtue. One cannot go wrong practicing one's dharma, since it is one's own personal karma that informs what one's actual dharma or sacred duty actually is. We become what we practice. So why not practice the highest obligations of the tradition you're in, whether it be arete in great descended cultures like ours, dharma practices in East and South Asia, and de or virtue in Taoism. The hope in all three traditions is that what we practice will inform our innermost souls or psychic selves. As these practices of arete, de, and dharma deepen, they graft onto us and enter our very psychic selves or souls. They each enable ever-strengthening capacities to live wisely and with care. One might even say that the more one practices excellence or virtue or dharma, the more one can practice them. With our practices, we shape our souls. So why not, ask all three traditions, shape them to our very best ability without compromise? Thank you, Dale. I love the way this question wove the aspirations of three wisdom traditions together into a single shared attitude. Thank you for joining us in this episode. And again, thank you so much for your help in the final stages of my translation, Becoming a Book. This podcast is an original labor of love design written and co-produced by many whose central idea is that Tao Te Ching text and Taoist practices remain good news for today. Tao still speaks. Thanks to Dale Roberts for his questions and his voice throughout this podcast. Artist Audrey Davis performed this podcast art. Molly Hartwell sang for us. Fortress Press holds the copyright for my use of Tao Te Ching translation. Thanks to you for your attendance in this class on Taoism. May your days begin in peace and become wombs for radical hope. Are you listening? Are you listening?